he now it's birth time. I knew I just wanted to push something out and and I told the midwife, nope, this is happening now. I can't wait an hour. You have to do something. She said, okay, bring your hands here. Now you're going to pull the baby out yourself. So you helped him out. Yeah, I helped him out. That's beautiful. Welcome to this episode of the Positive Birth Story podcast with me, Swedish midwife Wasa Holstein. I'm a healthcare entrepreneur and a very proud mother of three beautiful children. As a midwife working in Sweden, I've had the great honor of assisting a large number of women during the process of giving birth. What I know for sure is that it truly matters how we give birth, because we carry our birth experiences with us throughout life. Chances for having a positive experience will increase if you hear other women telling their positive stories. The brain is constructed in that way. What wires fires. In this episode you will meet Astley, that during her pregnancy was so curious about what her own story would be. And here it is, strong and powerful. This is a podcast with women for women. Hi, Ashley. Hi. A true joy to have you here. Thank you. It's a joy to be here in my first uh, podcast. Oh, cool. <laughs> As it turns out, you and I have Palo Alto, California in common. Yes, we do. Yeah, uh, heartwarming. Pretty place it is for me <laughs> it's, it's so funny with this podcast project of mine everything is connected in different ways yeah I can <laughs> it's imagine. like it's aligned with my past my yeah. present and my future wow so yeah. it's extra special to have you here well with the Palo Alto connection <laughs> how would you describe yourself as a person I'm definitely on the more controlling the control freak side of I I like to have things in control I've and my child has definitely taught me the other way around um, but until I became pregnant uh, had a miscarriage and pre- became pregnant again and went through birth until then I had everything under control and I was extremely organized I had a plan down to the minute down to the hour since I was a very young child um, and most of the times both I guess I was lucky but at the same time because of this planning and organization it went according to my uh, wishes and plan But everything with my birth was, it didn't go wrong, but it was not according to my plans. And it's not something I felt I could control. Um, so I've definitely changed over this process in that sense. Otherwise, I can worry easily. I like to know the answers and I, I want things to happen now. Perhaps a thing of my generation, um, but I don't like to wait for things. Mm. Uh, so if you can have it, if you can make it happen now, do it so you know I want to give birth now I'm ready I'm tired <laughs> that was my last week's pregnancy so do you think that your personality reflected on the way you approached uh, birth preparation it, it evolved over time over my pregnancy I must say um, again I had a miscarriage before uh, and then the miscarriage taught me that you know things can go wrong and you can't really control what's happening in your body and if you know there's something wrong um It'll go the way it's supposed to go. It really taught me how to be patient and just um, trust your body. And of course, I did my best to stay healthy and eat well. And But there wasn't that much you can do. Um, so I, my personality has evolved over time. And in terms of the birth, I think the more I learned to trust my body, the more I learned to let go. And And by the end, I think I had done so much that I thought would be helping at least to control what was the 
the birth uh, process was going to be like. But at the end, it just went the way that it was supposed to. And it was long, but I only have good memories from it. And as much as I attempted to be the controlling and impatient self that I was, my body taught me that that's just not how it is. And you have to kind of give it time and give it, a, give it some yeah, patience. Did you do any specific birth preparation, take any classes or read any books? Oh, or? yes. I read um, many books. I had like four different apps from different countries. And, you know, then you want to know what size the baby is and what's supposed to be happening then. Or I listened to a lot of podcasts, um, which was super helpful. Uh, again, nothing prepared me to the birth itself until the moment, to be honest. I spoke to a lot of people. I took a lot of classes. We In Sweden, they suggest that you do a certain set of classes if you want. Very early on, what I noticed and I kept saying is I'm really curious to hear my own story of birth. Um, it was always fun to hear other people's story because everyone was so unique. No one had the same story around me. And it's just amazing. Yeah, it is. It was amazing. And I kept saying, I want to know my story. I wonder what's mine going to be like. Mm. Yeah. And I did a lot of yoga classes, which taught me about how to be. And, and I picked up a lot of really good and helpful tips from those um, that I did think about during my birth. But none of it was a plan and none of it was intentional. Where were you when birth started? I was one week overdue. Uh, it was a Sunday and we had a really big lunch with my husband. Uh, it was late June and I think a lot of people had almost left the city. It was quite calm, very much summer vibes around town. And I was just waiting for two, three weeks now after I'd left work and everything. And um, we had a big lunch and we went for a long walk about one to two hours around a lake nearby our house. And I felt perfectly fine. Uh, we walked at a very high pace and... It didn't feel any different than the, than any other day. And the same night, I had um, a tiny bit of bleeding. And I knew at that point that that was something to do with birth. Before, I was really afraid of bleeding because that's how my miscarriage started. Mm -hmm. But this time, I knew, okay, maybe this is... It could be a good sign, This could be a good sign. Yeah. This could be the start of something. So I immediately... Um, I have a very good family friend who's a gynecologist that I know from my childhood and um, who I'd been going for checkups before I lived in Sweden. Um, so I just called her to ask, okay, this is happening. Is it normal? Should I be worried? Is this a sign that my birth might start? And she said that it typically is, but you don't know if it's going to be an hour or it's going to be two weeks before. Um, but it's usually the, the mucus plug that has kind of um, come out or I'm not sure what's happening exactly but um so that was the start of the birth and we were home my husband is quite Swedish in his ways of oh okay well we'll see where this brings and you know he was quite relaxed and um we were both excited that it's, it might be starting or it might not and then the next day I took a pretty calm day I had a lot of kind of like menstrual cramps but nothing very strong it was a bit of just back pain and stomach ache and again those kind of added the pieces of the puzzle in my mind of what I read as a birth starting out to be so in my mind I was kind of checking off all the steps of birth mm. um, so I guess in one way that gave me some ease to know that okay I'm I'm according to the books you know my mucus plate came out now I have some back pain then on Tuesday my water broke and I was home and I called my husband who was working at home. so he came home and we started to wait 
And uh, once I felt like, okay, this is significant amount of water now, uh, we went into the hospital and that's kind of where the whole story began. So what happened when you came to the hospital? The first time we went in, it was quite late at night. Someone checked and they thought that my water hadn't broken. They could see that it wasn't, it was intact. Um, and they said that maybe it could be the beginning of something, but they didn't think my water had broke so that I should go home and rest and wait to see how it goes. So I went back home and about an hour later, I had a lot of water going down my pants and I just, this must be the water broken now. So we called them again. And of course, you know, they don't put anything to risk. So they said, okay, come back in and we'll check. And, um, and then my water was definitely broken. And then they gave me two paracetamol pills and said I should go home and rest and feel at home. And, um, the, you know, the homier and cozier atmosphere I feel and the more at home I feel, the, the faster things would go. But in my mind, that started a process of, you know, how my birth was going to be and where it was going to happen. Because in Sweden, you don't know until you're in active labor almost um, where which hospital has space for you to give birth in. But anyhow, we took the paracetamols and at that point we came back home and I tried to take a hot shower and go to bed. And I was at the same time trying to keep track of my contractions. My contractions had started to go uh, more intense and more frequent, but not as regular as they should be. So then my husband was, you know, snoring, sleeping next to me, very comfortable. And I was that for you. At that point, I was so focused on the contractions. I didn't, I mean, there wasn't that much I felt he could do. Although I knew from the classes that if he massaged me in certain ways that it could help and whatnot. But at that point, I kind of felt like I needed to be with my body and kind of listen to it rather than try to tell my husband to remember what we learned in the course and everything. So, and for him to get some rest probably was more important than the energy I felt I had for the birth. So how did you kill time that night? What did you do? I tried to go to bed. I lay down in bed and I was kind of in one hand, I had a phone that was helping me track, like uh, keep track of my contractions. And I was seeing, okay, how often are they and how long they last. And that almost was like a proof for me that I could go back to the hospital. I really wanted to go back to the hospital, but I had to wait and see and prove to myself on this like app that they were regular enough and they were strong enough. And but at some point they were very regular and very strong. So around, I think 4 a.m. we went back to the hospital when I wasn't open enough and I wasn't having as regular contractions since I stepped into the hospital. They told me, and if I don't want to go home, I could take a walk around the hospital, have some breakfast and come back. And that gave me a little bit of peace of mind. I remember there's a beautiful lake just behind the hospital. And I remember sitting there with my husband. It was an incredibly beautiful morning. And in Sweden, it gets you know light quite early. So we were sitting there in the crack of dawn. It was like out of a movie. But that helped me kind of get some oxygen, relax. And, and also it was very interesting to see, unlike the movies, birth. I mean, I was in labor, but I was sitting in a park just outside the hospital. And, and it helped. Uh, progress things and it helped make me feel better so that's where things started to speed up a little bit more and um, we had some breakfast in the in the cafeteria of the, the hospital again I, it's all cozy memories I mean it wasn't the most charming breakfast place and the, the sandwich probably but to know that I was in this process and I was there to give birth and yeah I was I was in the process of giving birth and I was you know having this walk and having this view and 
and having this breakfast, it felt I enjoyed those moments in some weird way, um, despite the contractions being very strong. And eventually we went back up and they allowed me to get a room in the ward. And, uh, and then things started to increase. My contractions started to be a lot more regular. Um, I was four centimeters open by that point. In active and labor? In, mm. Yeah, and, but it didn't move forward from that mm. for the entire 24 hours. So I think I came in around three to four centimeters, and it stayed at that until an hour before I gave birth, so, mm. or maybe two hours. Um, so I spent about all day Wednesday walking up and down the corridors, having lunch, talking to midwives. Eventually, when things intensified, they, the midwives were so amazing. They wanted me to feel at home and kind of relax as much as I could before they suggested doing other more invasive options or more medical options. So at first, they gave me a delicious smoothie, and I, en I ended up sitting in a bathtub for an hour. It really helped. Um, and of course, it helps only for an hour or two. And then I had to come out, and it kept getting more intense. And we tried different massage techniques with my husband. I tried the natural, the laughing gas, which again was quite fun and, and kind of, yeah, it was blurry, <laughs> but yeah, blurring all the pain away. Um, so I tried all these different methods and eventually I think it had been about three days that I had gone without any proper sleep that my body was so weak and it was kind of shaking from being tired. Um, so they suggest, and at that point there was a new shift of midwives and they felt comfortable enough that, okay, at this point you're so tired that you need to rest up before you could actually give birth. So why don't we do a, like a trial dose of epidural and see if you like it. And if you want to continue with it, we can increase the dose and kind of let your body sleep through the night until may hopefully the morning. And then you can probably things will move forward. So I rested for about an hour. I couldn't really sleep. I was, my body was shaking. That was a reaction that my body mm. gave to the epidural. So when the wasn't. pain went away, the yeah, muscles the pain started went away, to relax. But the, exactly, yeah. the muscles relaxed. Yeah. But I was shaking, so I couldn't sleep from all the shaking. Mm -hmm. So I was watching a TV show, and at least I wasn't you know, in pain every couple minutes or less. Sounds like a very good um, step to take to have the epidural for exactly, you to yeah. have some pain relief and for yep. allowing the body to open up. Yeah, definitely. And it really gave my body the time to relax and... Yeah, and take what it needs. Yeah, after the first hour, I think, um, the epidural started to wear off. It was only a small, like a trial dose to see how I would react. And just at that point, I started to feel that something was happening. And I felt like I needed to go to the bathroom. And I was about to poo my pants. And Was I, it a strong feeling? It was a very strong feeling. I, yeah, we, we immediately called the midwives. I was certain something was happening. And I'd heard that this is the, the sensation that you get, uh, that you're num doing number two <laughs> before you give birth. So I, I understood something was going on, but at that point it was so intense for me that, um, yeah, I just told the midwife, okay, this is happening now. I don't know what's going on. What do I do? And so she helped me get on my knees and to hopefully put some pressure off my bottom. And um, it was very uncomfortable for a while. Um, just the whole feeling. Um, but she immediately checked and I was more than nine centimeters open. And she said, I, I, she thought that I had another hour or so maybe before um, it could be birth time. So I should be eating, you know, at that point and getting some energy. And my husband brought me this 
nasty drink. I don't remember what it's called. I think it's quite Swedish. It's some sort of juice. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't want anything. I just I knew I just wanted to push something out. And and I told the midwife, nope, this is happening now. I can't wait an hour. You have to do something. And um, yeah, at that point, she I think she trusted my gut feeling, and I I trusted my body. And so we moved to the birthing stool, and within 15 minutes, I think or less, the baby was out. Um, my husband was sitting behind me, and I don't know what he was doing, to be honest, at that point. I only remember looking at the midwife's face and just focusing on whatever she was telling. I was quite scared of getting tears, so I was just trying to really follow what she was suggesting. Did I take a break? I don't push at that point, and, it, you know, it's everything. A lot of intuitive, and, you know, you follow your, your body, but at the same time, you know you should follow the expert for a reason. So you'd been working for so many hours with birth by this time. Yeah. It, it, it Where did you long. find that um, extra power? I think it was the anticipation for the moment of birth. Because in my mind, I mean, birth is that pushing part. It, that's how I came into it. Um, I didn't think that like the labor, the waiting, the walks in the park, the, you know, having lunch in the cafeteria of the hospital and watching TV shows and, you know, drinking smoothies, that wasn't birth for me in my mind, because that's not how I pictured it. So that was just a preparation for it, I guess. And so I didn't think of it as, I oh, I've been going through birth for 20, more than 48 hours. You know, finally, this is over. I just thought, okay, now it's birth time. And now I'm going to meet this guy. So... That's where I got the energy. I was sitting on a stool. I never thought I would. It, it looks like a very uncomfortable position, but in that moment, you're just doing it, and it worked, and it was more comfortable, perhaps, than lying down or anything else for me. And the midwife, once the head was out, she said, okay, bring your hands here. Now you're going to pull the baby out yourself. And that just happened. I mean, nothing was planned, and you kind of she helped my story be my story as well. Um, so yeah, I didn't have any sort of an idea in mind before I went into it. So you helped him out? Yeah, I helped him out. That's beautiful. Yeah. So it wasn't anything like you had pictured it to be then? No, it wasn't at all. Um, but it was mine. What would you say helped you stay calm and focused during the birth? I was, and I think it was the midwives around me. The midwives were so confident, so positive, and so strong. Yeah, they gave me confidence. To, they knew what was going on, and they'd done this many times, and they gave me the feeling that many women have done this many times before me, so there's nothing special about this. Of course, it's special to me. It's my first time, and it's... I'm the one going through it. But at the same time, there's nothing unheard of, I guess, in my story. And, th and that gave me some confidence to say, okay, people have been going through this for so long. And there's a lot of experienced people around me. And and they're all amazing people. Um, and, of course, I had my husband. And that gave me another level of confidence that there was someone there to help me. Although... We went through a lot of massage courses together and all the breathing techniques, and he was supposed to remind me of these, and he would. The fact that he was there with me and for me gave me enough confidence that I didn't need him to be 
massaging my back the whole time and doing things he did. He was great. But I think just to know that there are people around you um, that are supportive and there for you and they're positive and that's what kept me calm. What do you think helped you let go and trust the process? It was how many times I tried before to control my body and it wouldn't let me. That just taught me I had to let go. Um, I, towards the end of my pregnancy, around week, I think for week 37, 38, I started to go to these acupressure sessions where I spent a lot of money on trying to get my birth to start on time, ideally as soon as possible because I was getting so tired. I was uh, going to, I was driving to a quite a far place for acupuncture to help again start the birth. I was taking three, four hours of walking every day around town and the parks, everything, whatever I heard was supposed to get the birth going. I did that and nothing helped whatsoever. And in the contrary, in my first pregnancy that lasted 10 weeks uh, with a miscarriage or ended with a miscarriage, I did everything I could to, to be well and to be healthy. And I did nothing wrong. And I'd, you know, I'd never smoked in my life. I'd I had checked all the boxes for being able to have a healthy pregnancy, um, yet it didn't work out. So I think just seeing that the body does what it needs to do and that you have to follow it and you can't really control it, that was that what taught me to just, you know, if anything, the birth is what I should follow my body and listen to it. Why do you think it's so hard for many of us to let go and trust the process? I think just the uncertainty and the the realm of things that could be happening is quite scary itself. And my way of approaching it was trying not to think too much about them because I found out that I couldn't really control them. I mean, the uncertainty of where I was going to give birth and similar things, I could immediately see that my contractions would stop. I mean, that was such an intense, such a stark difference of when I was home and comfortable and, and kind of at ease I mean, going from extremely strong contractions to nothing was quite incredible to see your body shut down. It's the flight and run system. It must be. It allows us to move from one location to another if there's danger coming. So mm-hmm. in especially in early labor, when contractions aren't that strong, we're super, super sensitive to high levels of stress hormones mm-hmm. like adrenaline, mm-hmm. which usually are released if you are moved to a place where you don't want to go or if yeah. you're in an uncertain, you know, environment in yeah. any way. So and then that pushes down the contractions. Yeah quite amazing to see and I think though of course I had a healthy baby and I had a I didn't have any traumatic experiences through birth so it's quite easy for me to sit here and say follow your body and it'll all work out and it sounds kind of wishy-washy but I think even if you have and of course I haven't gone through any tough experiences so it's hard for me to speak to but I think addressing it is so important and making sure that your mind is clear before you go through birth to the max that it could be, is very important. Because no matter what your previous experience is, you should talk to someone, you should get the help you need, you should you should be in a positive place to give the next birth a chance to be a positive one, I guess. Um, again, this is just intuition and how I assume it is, but um, yeah, I don't want to be talking here because I got lucky once, you know. You never know how the next one will go. But I think at least me, as as the person who's going to give birth, I thought, okay, the best I can do is to kind of let go 
and trust my body. And if, if things don't go well, then, you know, there's, thank God, there's modern medicine and there is many different experienced people and all sorts of other options. But to, let's, to start with the, the least and the most basic and the most natural way of all, I have to give it a shot. And I think that's what's important, no matter what your prior experience is. What was the best part of giving birth for you? Uh, I guess meeting my son. That must be the best. But until that point, let's say, before he was born, um, I think just getting closer and closer to that moment um, and just yeah, seeing things progress. To be honest, I went for, for, again, two, three days of I'm getting there, I'm getting there, but it's not close enough. It's not in foreseeable. You know, it's not the foreseeable future that I'm going to be giving birth but it's in progress. That feeling lasted so long for me that I think towards the end, I was so tired of it. And finally, when I when I felt like, okay, this is what I read about. This is when you feel the need to push. And this is the the chamber of fire, whatever they call it. And this and that, like when, when things started to happen and things were moving, then I, I think that was as painful as it got. It, it was the most positive part of it. Is there anything random or unexpected that you did? Unexpected for myself is to be so unplanned. Really, this was the first time and the only time probably in my life that I just went along with something. I didn't think it twice. I didn't, I had hopes, but I never had a plan for it. And it wasn't something I could control. If you had to choose one defining moment during your birth, what would that be? Yeah, the actual active phase or the pushing phase uh, of the birth. That was the defining moments for me. The other parts were kind of preparations for that. So um, as much or little pain that I had during the contractions leading up to that moment, I don't remember too much of it. I don't think too much about how long it took or I think the end, when you get that energy and it's finally here and no matter how painful it is and how long or short it takes, that was a defining moment. And, and I didn't think I had that in me. I think the body surprises you of what it can do. That was quite astounding. So would you say that this experience has changed how you look upon yourself and your abilities? Definitely. I mean, you find some sort of strength in yourself that you didn't think exists. And also, you know, you find the confidence in your body and in, in your abilities, or at least I did. And going forward, it, it kind of helps me not be turned off by things so easily and to give things a shot and to not be put off, I guess is a better word, um, by challenges. Did you know that you had this superpower within no, you? No, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, of course, I mean, the physics is quite scary. And, it, you know, if if women are capable of pushing out a baby that big from a hole that small, then, you know, that is, there must there must be some strength in there that's amazing. But Until you go through it yourself, perhaps you don't realize that you, you you are capable of it. So I had no idea, no. And it's it makes me stronger, definitely, now. Wouldn't you say also it's so much more than the actual physical strength? Oh, it's it's all mental. I mean, the physical, yeah, the physical part is what it is. But I think I only remember what I was thinking in the moment of pushing. I don't remember the pain. And I think that's... The reason, or rather, I don't remember exactly what I was thinking, but it's more, you're in the moment and you, I was, in, I remember pushing and I remember how intense the pain was and, 
I don't remember the pain itself, but I remember thinking, wow, this is so, so painful. I didn't know this was possible. I didn't know that I could go through this. I don't know if I can do this much longer. I was there many times I said, okay, push it back. I don't want to, I don't, can't do this. I'm so, it's, it hurts too much, but you know, you, it's so intense and it's so, you know, it takes all of you in that moment that you, you are, I mean, I found myself thinking, wow, this is, this is another level of pain and I'm, I'm doing it. And soon it was over. And to be honest, a couple seconds after I was in that mindset, I had no pain more or less in that moment. And I had met my son and it was, you're so overwhelmed by all the positivities. And to see that your body can just be in that pain and be in that mindset just a couple seconds before and then walk up to the to the bed and kind of manage to take a shower just a couple minute couple minutes later is just incredible. If you look upon it from the outside, it might look like a pretty long birth. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about it, it's uh, so powerful and positive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to this day, I remember during the, the pushing phase, uh, I remember it was so intense. And I, I always said, I can't do this again. This is so painful. I'd never felt something that way. But right now, I don't remember anything of the pain. I only remember the moment my son came out and all the positive moments in that You know, when I was using the laughing ass and we were laughing so hard and everyone was laughing at me around the room because I was laughing so much. And, you know, you have all these positive moments in the whole birth process. Yes, it was more than 48 hours again, but I don't remember anything to be negative in some weird way. And I guess that's just human nature and that's how we've reproduced over the years that, you know, we've been doing this for thousands of years. And that's how, that's why our body's built the way that it is and And so our minds are probably built the way it is so that we can forget and do it again and again and again. So in my head, it was a very positive birth. It was at the end of it, we met our son. Through the process, we didn't have any, I guess I didn't have any strong expectations so that I could be disappointed. And that was a big step. What was even more interesting for me is after my family's from a different background and a lot of people in my immediate family, they had had, they've had C-sections and, um, and of course they're from, they're far from me. So they kind of have secondhand information as to, okay, you know, they hear that I went into labor on Sunday night or Monday, some point, and the baby's not out. They don't hear anything back from me until Thursday morning. Um, they must have thought I just had the longest and the most painful birth. And on top of it, I didn't have proper medical help for pain management and this and that. So I don't know what image they had in their minds. But so when I went back home a couple months after I had my son, many people came to me saying, I'm so sorry about your birth. It sounds so tired, so hard and so tiring. And how did you go through it? How did you manage? That sounds horrible. And, and I just... I didn't have any answers for them. I was I had no idea what they were talking about. Mm. Um, and that was interesting. Then I took a step back and to realize that no one had a natural birth around me. Um, at so least no for one many could natural. relate to the the power of pushing through it, yeah, all the hard work. I think so. And I think also it shows that there's a wrong image of birth to be that most intense last 15 minutes. Yeah, I, if it was two days of like the pushing phase, of course, that would be hell. But that was a very tiny, short moment. And it was, you know, your adrenaline's the highest probably. And you just do it. That's nothing. 
to be scared of, in my opinion. Of course, it's really painful, but... Um, and I think in their minds, I was going through that for twenty for 48 hours. Um, so perhaps it's just the way that people hear about things and or it's just the lack of quote-unquote education, although most of them are very educated people. It's, it's more what they expect of birth. And the contrary, I then had a chance to meet with some people who haven't had access to such medical help. Um, and, you know, I met a lady who grew up in a village with, with access to nothing, and I remember she just, she just smiled at me. She said, yeah, yeah, I mean, I had... I just gave birth at home and she took a hot shower similar to my bath and she just pushed out her own baby and you know she found a midwife nearby who could cut the cord properly and she had three healthy babies and she only just smiled at me she didn't feel any sort of pity or you know sadness towards my birth she just thought okay yeah we all do it and good for you and I I know what you went through and what are your thoughts on that it's quite breathtaking to see that you know women from different backgrounds different uh, countries different languages different um, economic backgrounds different uh, educational backgrounds at the end of the day you there's always this that you um, it's a common topic and you you know we all understand each other in some way no matter how different we are in every other way we have something in common And, you know, it doesn't matter if you had a vaginal birth or a C-section. And I think just going through birth, of course, is is something that ties us all together. If there would be one advice or wisdom you'd like to share with women preparing for birth, what would that be? I would say listen to everyone and everything, but don't make it yours. Don't think too much on it. Don't think that's how yours is going to be and... Let, like give your body the chance for it to have its own birth, um, have its own story. The other thing that I think is very important is to, if you have the option to find midwives, doctors, doulas, whoever it is that's going to be with you at birth, to find someone who's positive and who's going to listen to you in that moment. Because you want someone, of course, who's experienced, who knows what they're doing, but no one knows your body as much as you do. And it's important that that person doesn't listen to their own experience more than they listen to you, what you're feeling. So I think as long as the the person who's there with you gives you positive energy and you feel good around them and you feel comfortable and safe, but also that they're listening to you. And if you say that, although I'm, you know, you say that I'm not giving birth now, I'm giving birth now, they should listen to you and they should act on it. It might be the case, it might not, but... To feel heard, I think, in that moment was quite critical for me. So then I felt comfortable that, okay, this person knows what they're doing, but they're doing it in my terms, for my body, for my birth. You're the one doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your thoughts. I feel truly honored. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful to think through it all, to be honest. I hadn't spoken out loud this long about my birth to anyone before, so I hope it's helpful to someone out there to hear. Yeah, thanks for listening.
Thank you for listening to the Positive Birth Story podcast with me, Swedish midwife Wasa Holstein. And thank you, dear Elsie, for sharing your beautiful birth story and your thoughts about the power of letting go and trusting the process. Asli's birth started with a small bleeding, which can be absolutely normal, but I do want you to be aware of the fact that bleedings during pregnancy is always a cause for seeking medical advice. This story has now got an eternal life and will be passed forward in aim to help other women in their preparation for birth. It makes my heart fill up with love and warmth. Birth matters. If you want to read more about me and this mission of mine, go to the thepositivebirthstorypodcast.com. To be sure that you don't miss an episode, do subscribe. And in the case you have enjoyed this episode and feel like you want to contribute to a good cause, please reach out to one of my favorite organizations of all times, Doctors Without Borders, and support them in the important and life-changing work they do for women and babies around the world every day. May the force be with you, and I hope you will come back for more episodes. Mm-hmm.